When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. All right, here's the 30-second commercial. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more in car insurance. This company, Geico, who's been with Spikes Car Radio for the longest time, has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spikes Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are, Spike's Car Radio, on a lovely Friday here in L.A. Part of the fun of the L.A. Auto Show is not sitting in traffic trying to get downtown to it. Uh, they have a lot of great events. It's just really hard to get there. But that uh, a lot of our friends from across the United States, from across the world, come here. They descend upon L.A. to look at Fords and Chevys. <laughs> I, I don't really care about that part. I like having them come into the show. And one of those guys is here. His name is Jason Torchinsky, sitting right across from me, senior editor of Jalopnik. Um, this is from your bio, Jason. Okay. Running. Now, that means the type of cars you have in your collection. Mm-hmm. 73 Beetle, yep. 2006 Cyan XB, mm-hmm. 90 Nissan Pow, mm-hmm. 91 Yugo GV Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Plus. Not, yeah. That's important. <laughs> not so running. The 73 Reliant Scimitar. That is very not running. <laughs> 77 Dodge Tioga RV. Yeah, that's, that's not running at all. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. It's been a while. This is great. I'm happy you're here. Um, I've been following your, uh, what you know... I, I want to get into all your stuff. There's Good. a book. There's videos. But last night, I'm very <laughs> confused about something that happened down at the LA Auto Show. Yeah, I think show. we all are. I think we're... I don't even have to introduce it. Why don't, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I think you're talking about a truck or <laughs> something that could be a truck. I think you're talking about the Tesla Cyborg truck, which looks like... Uh, Correct. Like it maybe it came out of a PS1 game, kind of. It's a low polygon thing. I'm very puzzled by this vehicle. Okay, let's... Back up to is this the 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 uh, the pickup truck that that and yeah this is the thing he's been saying yes. we've got an electric pickup truck okay this is the electric pickup truck he's been teasing forever okay now if you guys you know you you got to stop if you ha- in front of a desktop right now you got to Google this thing and know yeah, what we're talking about you really have chances to. are you've seen it it was trending on Twitter this morning yeah it's it first of all. When I woke up this morning and turned on my computer and went to my front, it was there. And yeah. I thought, well, this has to be a- – I would see this last night. It has to be a joke, right? That's what everybody was thinking. Yeah, there was a lot of commentary. When we were all watching it, you know, the Jalopnik people all together in our little Slack room, um, everybody was wondering when they're going to pull the crude body thing off Correct. and reveal the actual truck. But there is nothing under that crude body. That that's it. And I've got a lot of theories as to what's going on here. Okay. So, but 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 for now, we're yeah. certain that this isn't a, a bait and switch. Let's make the media look stupid and have some fun. I don't think so. Okay. I'm pretty. I don't think it is. And I think if you dig down, I think there may be reasons why it looks the way it does. Well, I was looking at the profile, and I was looking at how that. This kind of bend line here yeah. along the door. What do you got, car journalists call that line there? I guess there? that's the well, belt line. That's the, technically the, the belt line. The belt line. line. Okay. Yeah. The belt line wasn't even. It no. was It was not 
I mean, it was. It looks even, but when you examine it, the gaps in the doors and the belt line. Yeah, I mean, was... Tesla's known for a little bit of a uh, play in their g- panel gaps. I and know, things but like that. Th- this let's is... be honest. This looks like something MythBusters made yes. in in about a week. That's key because there are no complex stampings or curves in this thing. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Citroen Faf or these things made for developing nations starting an auto industry without no. complicated presses? It looks like cars like that, like what you'd do if you had no ability to stamp steel. The steel is crazy thick on this thing, too, because it's not corrugated, so it it has to be. And so help me understand what, what I'm looking at. Is this part of the – you know, I don't – I've noticed that a lot of car journalists like yourself in the know really – they 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 say Tesla's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> they accuse them of putting out these big announcements just to get more funding and then delivering. But it looks like they kind of ran out of money and just slapped something together in shop class. It does look. I think the goal. I think they had a lot of trouble building cars. I think they they found through the Model Three and the Model S. It's hard. And I think genuinely they were this? they wanted something easy. In this a looks weird like way. a lunar vehicle. It does, you want to know what it looks finish. like? I'm going to show I mean, you a it picture. Makes the, it makes the Bollinger electric. Look. look at that. Okay, so the Bollinger, we should talk about the Bollinger. Okay, okay, well let's go back to this picture. So okay. that's, what am I looking at right okay. now? Okay, this amazingly is from a 1978 issue of Penthouse of all things, <laughs> and we're looking at a picture of a truck that is almost exactly the design right. of look the Tesla that. truck. This is, okay, so you know the Brubaker box, that old kit car from the 70s on a VW pan? I know. It's like a little crazy I van. I movie, that, Brubaker. Um, well, this, there's a guy named Curtis Brubaker who's an auto designer. Okay. Back in 1978, he designed this it ran in an article in Penthouse because I guess mid-wank, maybe you want to break and think about cars of the future. <laughs> and they, it is dead on the Tesla truck design. That's it. So that's the Brubaker. It, I don't know if he had a name for this one. It was a Brew. It was supposed to be like a combination van truck. It had like a roll-up thing. Look, it's even got a ramp. How just do like our listeners the truck. find that right now? If they want, because um, it really is a dead ringer for this design. I wrote an article on Jalopnik at the moment. It's okay. a deep dive into the Tesla pickup design, and I have this right in there. And this was wow. sent to me by Curtis Brubaker himself. <laughs> so this is not only is it kind of goofy and weird. I'm not even sure it's all that original. Wow. It, yeah, it's. The- it's a head scratcher. Now, shortly after they debuted the truck, yeah. then, you know, the story, which doesn't seem like they have the story right, is that the windows broke on it. But they were intentionally trying to break the windows yes. to show that they were well, here's the, okay, so bulletproof, but yeah. then they, they smashed. Yeah, it's it's all so good. In some ways, it's just such it was the such a gift. Was, it, it appeared, that, from my point of view, that the whole presentation was surreal and like oh, an completely. acid trip, right? So, okay, for one thing— for it? I wasn't there because they, they did not invite us very specifically. <laughs> we actually did talk with another writer about should we dress up like catering staff and try to show right, up in there? Right. But it doesn't matter because we saw it all live stream. So the thinking was for some whatever the hell Elon Musk reason, he wanted it to be bulletproof and he said the glass was like shatterproof bulletproof glass and then it was hilarious because they threw like a big metal ball at it and the glass shattered immediately. So that was already hilarious and they decided well that window shattered, let's do the one next to it. And of course, it shattered also. So, uh, so it didn't work. Not like you would want it to. It shattered. So yeah, no, it so didn't work. What was he doing? I didn't watch it. What What did he do? Did, uh, he, uh, did he was he embarrassed? Did oh he yeah, he was fit? embarrassed, and he's yeah he. What uh, did he say? I think he said something like, "What the fuck just happened?" I think. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but it was something along those lines. And then he tried to keep going, like you know, no biggie. But you know, it was hilarious. It was no biggie. It was the equivalent of like the computer going blue screen during the you know demo kind. You of know, thing. I just had Ed Niedermeyer on. Oh yeah, who wrote that delightful book and. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You read the, the Tesla book. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I keep drawing these parallels between our current presidential administration and mm. Tesla. <laughs> There's a relationship Strange there. Strange overlap. That, that Venn diagram. Been, that I've been trying to, you know, quantify and verbalize without it being political, just the way they manage things. Yeah, there's a certain... And this really takes it again to this... I, this weird is, moment that I can't quite explain. I mean, the why. Like, why does he think we need a bulletproof pickup truck with shatterproof glass that you can fling a steel ball That's into. That's what made me think the man with the blowtorch was playing a little prank on us. Like, yeah, you, this yeah. was just a moment where we're going to have some fun <laughs> with everybody, we're going to let them, you know, cry and bitch and moan, and then we're going to go see how stupid you are. Here's the real truck. 
If it is a joke, they're doing they're bold. Like they're doing a long, long. Just to be play. clear, as of this moment, because this show may not air for a few weeks. Yeah, as of this moment, this is the next morning, and we it's there's no joke. There's no, been this no reveal. Seems to be it. It's um, <laughs> it's a fascinating thing. I mean, look. I, for, on the one hand, I love Tesla and the fact they keep giving us these wonderful gifts of madness. Like right. it's not boring, <clears throat> and the truck design is not like every other truck. And I think American truck design or modern truck design needs a kick in the pants. It has gotten weird and stagnant, but this is not necessarily a better design. Now, Bollinger, Bollinger's a good example because they're making an electric truck. They also have, apparently, they don't own anything that makes curves. It's all just rulers and lines. Right, But they've made a very usable truck. You've seen how the front end opens up and you can put, because it's got basically a second bed up front, and you could shove like an entire tree through the center of that truck. Right. And that's actually useful. Like there's a reason to make a truck look and work like that. My questions for them were not that. It also has the appearance of something made in a shop class. It looks crude. The Tesla truck looks crude. You know, and I wonder... It's a it's a New England outfit, right? They're from oh, Boston. Oh, Bollinger. Um, yeah, they're in, yeah. It's crude, but it's a little more charming than the Tesla truck. But I just wonder. Ways. My second question to them was, where do I get this thing serviced? <laughs> if you guys are in New England, yeah, you know, what am I doing in that situation? Because Christian Bale mentioned that he wanted one, and my producing partner uh, wants one, and we all think it's cool. I like them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we're all interested, right? Right. Um, but you're right. Like I, you know, I kind of, you know, when I look at that, I go, "Wow, what a masterpiece!" Compared to what I just saw, yeah, well, the, this new Delorean thing that came out. Last <laughs> and I think time. the reason it's stainless is because he doesn't want to paint them. So what is the price point? So it's it's a they say like just at under forty is what it'll start at. But you know, like the Model Three was supposed to be thirty five grand. But this good luck shot finding one from behind. It's on <laughs> Jalopnik.com. It's yeah, in, it's interesting. Yeah, where's the pickup though? I guess. Well, okay, the, so it's got a cover that supposedly some. I don't know where that cover goes. <laughs> Maybe he's got Is teleportation technology, and they teleport it into orbit until you need it again. I don't know, but it, it goes away is somewhere. Is unique. Can you imagine loading? Look at the sharp corners in that thing. You've loaded stuff into trucks before. Yes, I have. So you know how you kind of get banged around? Sometimes you're leaning up against the bed and muscling something in. There's so many points in there where I feel like your abdomen okay, would just well, get punctured. This was my next question. DOT yeah. standards, right? Now, now the front of every car is supposedly designed to shovel pedestrians out of the way, yeah. right? This one clearly is not Cleaves pay- them in two <laughs> neatly, so it's just done. Right? It doesn't seem like any attention was paid to DOT no. regulations, No, right? it looks painful. Like, it looks like if you're in it, it could be painful. It's all sharp edges and... But, right, they can't just do that, There's right? There's no mirrors on it either. There's no mirrors. There's no Bumpers. No marker. Well, then maybe marker so is this, Could we call this a concept? Uh, you know, is, did he say it was a concept he claims, and not a finished? Uh, the impression I get was this was what the truck is going to be, but clearly it's a pre-production truck. It's got to be. But you know, you, you know what I'm saying about DOT regulations. Oh yeah, there's what, all kinds of reasons. Yeah, right. The, this can't even be close to the real truck. I don't. I, I'm positive it hasn't been tested or gone through any of that stuff yet. Because no, I mean that there's like a crease in the front that looks like it gets rid of pedestrian injuries because it just dispatches them immediately. Yeah, it's like a euthanizer for pedestrian oh my accidents. God. Well, I, I don't understand. And it, honestly, it just doesn't seem like a useful truck. No. Can you imagine loading something over the side of that thing? Well, there they've got another crazy. Yeah, they have that. They made, modified ATV in the. They bag. showed an ATV, like an electric ATV, which is fine. And then they had the little ramp. Yeah, it all looks like 1960s sci-fi movie, yeah, it does. right? Like in the background of like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and there's any number of background movies where they, you know, they build fiberglass things quickly on like a VW pan and they're all these angular things. You know, it's yeah, I, you know, he wanted to be like Blade Runner style. But even even the Blade Runner like spinners had, you know, it just seems crude Is and Blade Runner that good? Is it is it well, is it? Isn't it one of those? Things I mean, it that, was a dystopia. That's the important thing to remember. If this is the future, he's I never hoping for, really like Blade Runner. I have to say, it never really. <laughs> I watch it and I go, I don't get. I mean, I understand it's an okay movie, but I never. It doesn't blow me away to the point where I got to make my life about Blade Runner. I don't know if you want to make your life about it. It's not a happy story. Like if you're looking for like this is the future I want to create. I try to like Runner it. Isn't it right? <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> when I watch The Godfather, I go, My God! I watch Star Wars. You go. You know, it resonates. Fast yeah. times at Richmond High. <laughs> it's <laughs> flowers for Algernon. You know, there are lots of great movies in the world. 
around that era. Where's Blade Runner? The well, 80s? I watched that over and over, and I, I don't get what you like about this. I like Harrison Ford. I don't mind but, Blade Runner as a movie. I like Blade Runner, but I don't ever see it as like, yeah, I wish that was our future. We're going to make Blade <laughs> Runner wish the podcast. L.A. was a miserable, <laughs> rainy dystopia full of advertising and replicants mm-hmm. and dismal misery. Right. I, I don't, yeah. We'll take a break right now. We'll come right back. So how do you know your motor oil is good enough to protect your engine? Well, you don't, but one brand does because they've literally gone the extra mile. They test everything. I'm talking about our friends at Valvoline. We love these guys. Valvoline is the only motor oil brand in the world with an engine lab completely dedicated to testing motor oil. They take their products and the competitors' products and run them through the gauntlet. I'm talking thousands and thousands of miles. Then their engineers and technicians take those engines apart piece by piece to evaluate exactly what happened. Carbon buildup, they check it. Seals hold up, they check it. Did the engine perform like it was supposed to? They check it. And most importantly, were the critical engine components protected? So when Valvoline is formulating motor oil for your engine, they know exactly how it performs and what protects it best because they've seen the results firsthand. I use Valvoline oil in my old cars. I love them, and I love their stickers. We know Zuckerman loves them, too. It's why I trust Valvoline in my car, and it's why Valvoline has been trusted for more than 150 years. Head on over to Valvoline.com slash Spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. And we're returned that quickly. By the way, you were one of the first people on Car Matchmaker when we had a set. Remember that? I do you, remember. There was you a couch and everything. The set, and what yeah. were we talking about? We were helping a young woman decide car, what you car You gave to us buy. car buying tips. Yes. The simplest car buying Which, tips. Which, you know, looking at what I drive, that's in hindsight probably not something people But that's okay. Do. You were you came representing Jalopnik. Yeah. I liked having the association because I was, uh, and still am, mostly an outsider kind of <laughs> looking in on the car industry. And you guys were the real deal. We, we and you were welcome nice you. Nice enough to come on, and it I'm a fan, f- huge fan of Jalopnik, and you were giving uh, advice about what to buy and what not to buy. As yeah. I recall, it was stuff like don't show up at the car dealership not knowing the car Yeah, oh, right, because it was like dealer things, like be ready to walk out, all the usual. <laughs> be ready to walk out. All that stuff. If like, you yeah. haven't made progress after five or ten minutes, right. right? Yeah, don't be afraid to meet. I think we mentioned dog food at some point. Like, <laughs> knowing that the dealer might have to eat dog food that night was okay. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't let him. Stuff uh, your heart full of Don't let him wool. tell you a sob story about himself. Right, like, exactly. I just got divorced and feel bad for him. They were <laughs> yeah. all great tips. I really liked Solid it. Solid tips. And then you, uh, at the time you were in L.A. and you moved mm-hmm. off to. North Carolina. You're in North Carolina now. Yeah, for I... various family reasons or whatever. That's why I own that ridiculous RV. That's, right. I bought it out here for five grand, and I used that to go across country, and it was amazing. Just... And, and you now are driving mostly odd, yeah. weird cars. So, so here's where I'm confused about you, because yes. I follow you everywhere, and I, <laughs> I like all your posts about your, your little boy and the fun cars. Oh, yeah. That stuff I rarely relate to. But on Jalopnik, what are your shows now? I know you write for them, but you have yeah. little... TV shows. I've got two main shows that are okay. regular ones. I've got Jason Drives, which is me driving strange cars. Fundamentally, that's what it is. I find interesting cars, mm-hmm. and I convince people to let me drive them around. <laughs> and that's the best thing in the world. I love it. And I have uh, very good relationships with like the Lane Motor Museum in Tennessee. And uh, they have a staggeringly good collection of weird-ass cars. And they let me drive almost any of them, and it's fantastic. You seem to really like those drives. I love those drives. Why? Because they're, well, they're things I normally wouldn't ever get to drive. Usually they're one-of-a-kind things, and I I have a really perverse love for bad ideas, <laughs> like really shitty car ideas. There's but something that just gets me. Why don't you love the new Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause there's, okay, there's, this is an interesting question, because there's a certain kind of, there's a humility about certain bad idea cars. I like a humbleness that attracts me. Mm-hmm. Elon is not humble. That car is like <laughs> arrogant and bad. It's like, it's like an idiot who thinks he's tough and won't shut up about himself, where I like the cars that are just kind of like happy Plus fuck ups that you can't help but love. Right. And and so give us some of those. What are your okay. favorite ones? Well, like uh, oh, the reason I want a Yugo, for example, it's partially why. Like I was given a Yugo as like a present, but I feel like it's an <laughs> it's a it's an uh, it's not as terrible who gave as everyone you a Yugo says. Is a uh, it was passed down. Like a guy who used to write for Jalopnik named Freddie, who also has a big YouTube following. Now he gave one to one of our editors, Mike Balaban. Balaban had a kid, so his wife said it just didn't want the, even the idea that their child may end up in that car. So she made him get rid of it. He gave it to me, and I drove it down from New York to North Carolina. It can't be worth much if you guys are giving each other cars. Oh, it's worth nothing. It has negative value. It actually – it's like giving someone a CRT television. 
television now, right? It's like a burden that takes away their overall worth. But I love it, and it's it's you know the design is fine. Like there's nothing that terrible about it. It's just mm-hmm. they they cost under four grand and new, and nobody treated them well. But it's weirdly fun. And the scariest thing is, it's the highest horsepower car of my daily drivers that I At- own. It's the highest horsepower. Yes, at what horsepower? 67. 67. <laughs> so, so I have a like a Volkswagen Beetle Beetle. My Beetle has two carbs, <clears throat> so it's more than the usual. So, But I think maybe it's 50, or I'm sorry, 60 if I'm lucky with two carbs. My Nissan Pow, that's a Japanese domestic market car under a liter engine, makes 53 horsepower. Wow. So, yeah, the, the Yugo. Have you ever seen this... Uh... Yugo phone right Oh, the Yugo phone. Oh, there was a whole art show that did just Yugo cars, and I think that was part of it. Wow. Yeah, and it's actually, so there's a I weird... I think I'd rather have the Yugo phone than the, the Yugo Yeah, the Yugo phone would be good. I, there's a weird um, thing. So there's like a group in Serbia who's doing a documentary about Yugos, and they brought an original Zastava Corral, which is what they call the Yugo there. They drove it from there, you know, as much as you can drive, all the way to the U.S., mm-hmm. and then my friend, a guy named Tori, who used to be like a big Beetle guy, or he still is, he suddenly got into Yugos, bought that Zastava Corral, and another Yugo, and he bought a whole batch of like original new old stock Yugo parts, which is how I just fixed my Yugo because I got what might be the last in-box Yugo alternator in America, and I shoved it in my <laughs> Yugo so I could get it running. It's one of those things that's rare and has zero value. You wrenched it yourself. I did. Oh, yeah. So what happens when you run out of parts on something like that? Most on a Yuga, well, is there's a there, lot of Fiat overlap. Oh, there is. There's a lot okay. of Fiat overlap because it was basically a Fiat 127 kind of modified. When you break down in a Yugo, which I have already plenty, I learned that you get no sympathy at all. No. Like people will stop the side of the road realizing you're in a Yugo and just think, well, what the hell did you expect? <laughs> this is what you get, dummy. Okay, so that's the one show, driving the weird, odd Odd things. I'm dry, amphibious cars, propeller-driven cars, anything. I like that stuff, yeah. I, I love it. It's, fasc- it's fascinating. It's eye-opening. I, dr- I drove a few and car matchmaker mostly i was just you know the bmw aseta i was really oh, let Isetta. down by most of uh, the the tiny micro cars that i drove well you have to put them in context like you have to really think about what they were for and With how bubble cars i really didn't even see how you could drive them a few blocks that's I the just... amazing thing is people People commuted to work in those things yeah, every day. Yeah, that I day. don't understand. It's, I don't know. I drove, um, you know, like a Messerschmitt cabin roller, which is an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've driven cool. Izetta's Scooter cars. <laughs> I drove, so you know about the San Premi cars in France? No. Oh, I love, okay, this is a category of cars I love. I've had. It still feels like it's getting hot in here. <laughs> I feel like hot heat is blowing you know, down a, on us right now. Very What's happening? If Zuckerman of... were here, he would kill us. Zuckerman, my co-host. It's his birthday today, I heard. Well, it was, yeah, back then. <laughs> but this is airing a little later. Yeah, he's, oh, right, uh, right. he's away, actually, where you are. I think he's in North Carolina. What's he doing in North Carolina? Uh, visiting his daughter, I think, or yeah. South Carolina, one of those places. We're the good Carolina. We wish him a happy birthday. Yeah, he's happy birthday. Uh, 67 today. Wow. And he's down to 38% body fat, so he's doing really well. <laughs> 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 That's very exciting. Good good for him. Yes. So, okay, so Sam Premi cars. I want to explain these because they're okay, fascinating. Good. So in France and other places in Europe, if you screw up so badly in life, you get so many DUIs, you get your license taken away, or you're too young to drive, 14, there's a category of vehicle you're allowed to drive, and they're called Sam Premi's cars, which means no permit. So you can just drive these things. You've this screwed up current, so badly. This is currently. It still exists. It's been around. <clears throat> so when they originally wrote these laws. So wait, you get arrested for drunk driving. Yeah, and they say, so okay, many times. Now, your license is gone. You, you can't can only drive drive this. This. Now, what they were thinking of when they came up with the law originally, it was like 50cc maximum mm. engine. They, in their heads, they were thinking, moped. You're going to drive a moped, you chump. That's all you get to right. drive. But French engineers in like the 70s figured out within the parameters, you could build a car of sorts that fit these incredibly limited parameters. And they ended up with these crazy things with bodies made of like porta potty plastic. I drove one called, uh, you know, I drove one that had like a going door on one side and a regular door on the other. It was made of, like, plastic. It was staggeringly <laughs> crappy. Like, it was... What are they called again? This, it's Sam Permi, like S-A-N-S-P-E-R-M-I-S cars. And I, um... <laughs> the one I drove was called a Mini Comtesse, and it was, um... Uh, it's barely a car, and I drove it out in regular city streets in, in Nashville, and it's terrifying. You're basically wearing a plastic garbage can over your body. <laughs> and there's, like, a tiny oh, moped yeah, engine by your things. butt. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. So they're essentially moped-engined cars. Oh, yeah. yeah. these. Oh, man. Yeah, and they still make... There's modern versions of these You look like things. a drunk in this car. <laughs> you basically are, because you're... Yeah, you're on display. Yeah, you're on display. very 
much like a habit trail, like something yeah. a, a hamster would live in and drive. Yeah, an animal you know? is a good, good yeah, that's a, maybe a more these guys. Yeah, those are, yeah, these are modern ones, so these are already better. <laughs> like, um, they should just put Drunko on the side. Yeah, because that's, that's who's in there. Either so old you can't drive, so young you can't drive, or so oh, drunk I you can't drive. I love this idea. Yeah, and this, they, this scarlet letter vehicle. Right, for, but We need that in the United States here. That would be great. It is, because well, it's like your last chance. You've yeah. fucked up everything else. This is your last chance to drive. And we can just crash into it like kickballs, and they just go flying off the road. Yeah, they just that... bounce around. There's no, I don't think they meet the usual crash standards because they're assumed to go too slow. Right. Or these pe- they we're devalue okay. the lives of the people. We're okay with these people dying. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the, the drunks saying. and the old, old yeah, people. We're fine with this it. This is fantastic. I got what a fantastic drive. idea. Yeah. So there's... Is that, that that show? I get to drive things like that, and then I have a show where we wanted something to crank out that's easy. Mm-hmm. So we just have me in my basement, and I've started this series. It's just me in my basement full of old crap, and I talk about car related stuff. And I also have a weird, big collection of old like eighties and seventies computers and video game systems and I things. I like that. And I so I work those into things as so well. So what is the idea that Jalopnik will become its own app and media site? Is, is that well, it or is this just content to kind of go con- just give the people shoulder content as we call it to the writing. It's yeah, it's like yeah, like the writing's the core, but like people do like watching the videos, so we just just want to crank out as many interesting things as we can for people to, you know, pass, make the pain go away. Just enjoy. You know, I, I have to address the controversy going on with you since you're on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the listeners yeah. would uh, call, say that I was remiss if I did not bring up your hair. Oh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and the and whole I, story of your hair. And we should make it clear that we are on a podcast, so anybody who's hair. afraid, they may have to see my hair. And I'm looking at your hair. I right know. Are you now. all right? Do you need a moment? you want to rotate your chair around? <laughs> what? What happened? It was a year yeah, ago, right? A year, almost exactly a year. Okay, so and I remember weighing in on Twitter about it. But go ahead and tell everyone. So, yeah, so this is yeah, and this is important. Um, so we were actually it happened interestingly. We were at a place in Detroit called Monroe, and they're a fascinating place. They do strip downs for car companies. We were doing a very serious video. I want to be this clear. Also, we were doing a serious video where we had a Model Three, a BMW i3, and a Chevy Bolt tearing them down deep technical dive into it. Deep technical dive, all kinds of amazing information, and yet. 90% of the comments on YouTube were that dude's hair is repulsive and I can't watch any of this. Repulsive? Well, I got I got people said they were disturbed. They said they couldn't watch it. There were downvotes for it. YouTube it, is a horrible place. Well, yeah. They, but it, they were, the level of anger is what no, really got me. Like, yes. like you think maybe pity. Maybe people could just say, dear God, I'm no. so happy I don't live under that hair. Yes. But it was anger. It's like, how dare that person? So your hair... Overshadowed yeah. the entire video. Which, it did. You just describing it sound, does sound fascinating. It You're was a fa- these things I, apart. So, yeah. and, and then this debate, this lively debate began. Yeah, like and should some... this man have hair? <laughs> <laughs> Has he earned hair? What did your uh, followers, the viewers of this video, what were they pointing out about your hair? Okay, so like? I'll describe my hair to those of you. And I again, if you're somewhere where you Everybody might hurt knows, yourself knows or something, about, they but... do. But if you're, I would recommend be somewhere safe, sit down, and just breathe deeply, just in case. So I've got. I have curly hair. It curls yes. on its own. It makes – if left unattended, it will form these coils. Yes. And I, in college, I, like every dumbass, I grew up my hair long, and it was basically like a bunch of old phone cords on my head just yes. coiled around. Now, that's just what the hair does. I don't deliberately curl it like a lot of speculation but was. it's not that. I'm glad we're talking about it. Me Your too. hair looks I... perfectly normal except for one place on it, your head. Yeah. Okay, so I get this long lock of – like a long coil of hair that, that just tends to grow. Front it hangs in face, front of my face. Above your glasses on your forehead. On my right. Forehead. And that's the uh, big thing right. they had It looks like with. a three-inch phone cord. Because that's the type of but coil why not just cut that off? I, you know, I sometimes, <laughs> I have done that on previous occasions. I have had just short hair all around. We were talking about Spinelli. Remember the Mike Spinelli? I do remember hair Spinelli's hair. hair. You Absolutely. can Google that, the before and after. Yeah. And then he said, I'm going to I'm gonna grow up now and I'm going to have a gentleman's haircut. Yeah. And I think I wrote to you that this is, this happens when you get successful. When people are looking at your face a lot, <laughs> yeah, it happened can... to me when I first went on TV immediately. I mean, hours <laughs> yeah, after it's, people it's said, rapid. this is what you look like. You, <laughs> yeah. you kind of look like an old lesbian. Like, <laughs> you yeah. kind of look like Ellen DeGeneres. You know, they don't hold back and they go, here's what no. we like. You're wearing an undertaker's suit. What's wrong? You know, and yeah. they give you quick feedback. It's also like a, 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 a signpost for, hey, I'm succeeding and I'm becoming known. And yeah. You, 
and you do have to make adjustments based. You on do. That I mean, there's feedback. Yeah, you can't be because you don't sensitive. want to overshadow your video. So then again, I, I guess right. I, I put the question to you on behalf of uh, why your fans. <laughs> why haven't I cut my hair? Why not just cut the strand? A little bit just of get spite. rid of the strand. <laughs> I mean, I don't it's because not... it's 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 just one of those things that allows us to enjoy you more. Well, that's you're not you know, wrong. Mike, if I look at if I look at Mike Spinelli, he was a lovely guy. Yeah. Before I knew him, I did wonder about the hair, and it made me harder to watch his stuff when the hair was long. I just went, <laughs> I don't. Why would he keep doing that to us? And as someone who works in television, I know how sensitive audiences are. They're sensitive to weird stuff. It's it's odd. It is sometimes oh, yeah. even just wearing glasses breaks that connection with people, and you have to go. I can't wear glasses, and I'm not saying you have to do that. But little things. The if you take these little steps to help your audience watch you a little easier. <laughs> They like you. <laughs> That's, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. It's you know. There's there's a there's a someone on TV who's very very famous who recently had a little work done to the face, and I saw <laughs> I I turn on the show and I saw the new face. And they went, thank you. I've been having trouble with your face, <laughs> and you took a little step and did a little tighten, and now I'm kind of watching you a little more, right? It's valid. I mean, it's an entire. You know, it, 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 we see it. I, I see it all the time. It's like you just—it's a little thing that they do to make it easier for us to watch them. And I right. think for you, maybe this should be my gift to the people. The who gift to the people would be to take the me. phone cord and <laughs> cut off the phone cord, cut it off, frame it. And yeah. To the world, I've heard you, folks. I, I know you like it, me. I know you like my content. And I'm. This is I'm for gonna, you. This is for you. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. It would require a level of attention to my hair, keeping my hair trimmed that I'm not. This, look, this is the problem with writers becoming talent. Right, they don't get that. that You're talking to a guy who hosted his own late night show who came out of the writer's room, right? Yeah. That network marched me in front of stylists and they Mm. said, can we give it to you straight? I said, please. They go, you don't know what kind of pants to buy. <laughs> Back, I go, no, I don't. Well, that's kind of the, – uh... The 90s glasses – your 90s glasses guy. It's 2006. The hair is stupid. They they went through me and I said, as long as you don't make me stylish, I'm fine. But they they pointed out about 10 things that I was doing wrong. But you had professional step in. See, there's a difference now. I'm, g- I'm not going through traditional TV. I'm now TV. a professional telling you. Yeah. You are so on... this is it. This is my – intervention maybe. all of you guys listening spinelli and everybody else he already knows but everybody chris harris the whole crew you guys are now tv talent you're now media talent you're now content talent we don't need you to be jimmy fallon level stylish we none of us want we that be. but yeah. we do want you to clean yourself up a little bit and get out of the writer's room that's all that's, and it's not, you know it's valid hurt. it's it valid hurt you, right? right all right well maybe maybe you'll see a new haircut in the next Next couple weeks, I'll, I'll All right, post we've got Alex Roy coming up. Who's oh, yeah. Calling about about Who doesn't have I've hair got, problems. No. I wanted to uh, – we got to plug your book. Oh, yes. Please. Robot, take, take wheel. Take auto- the wheel. Take the wheel. Autonomous driving. I'm looking at the link. They left the the out. They Thank did. you, Amazon. Look at that. We can You can get this book uh, on Amazon. Or a local independent bookstore. Local independent book. It's a real book, it's ladies real. and gentlemen. Hardcover. We, Kindle audiobook. It's available everywhere. Where would you per- prefer these people buy? Um, I Personally, if there's a local bookstore that's independently owned, of course, buy it from them. If not, and you're just lazy. Yeah, now, wait, it says fine. here you're a producer of Jay Leno's Garage. Yeah. Is I that did. true? It is true. Yeah, that's true. Look, Jay, Jay uh, No, I book. saw that. Yeah, no, I, I do... Um, <clears throat> I like it's like a side thing. I uh, I help figure out what cars they're going to drive, and wow. I sometimes do a little writing. And that's yeah. great. Yeah, he's it's a great such guy. A great show. No, I know he's the best. Uh, tell us about the book. Why are we buying this book? Okay, it's. I think there's a place for this book because autonomous vehicles are one of these things that we've been hearing about for a while, and everybody thinks is a very big deal. And I, I wanted to write a book that wasn't like I said. Most of the books out there were like either very techno focused predictions or descriptions or um, they're I wanted something that talked about more how it relates to the culture of cars, how it relates to humans and driving, and how it's going to change things. And I think the fundamental way we think about autonomous vehicles, it's an interesting problem because this will be the first mass introduction of real robots, like not Roomba level, like the robots that could kill you if they got angry enough into mass society. And it's going to get weird. Like there's going to be all kinds of things we have to do, and I think there's a lot of misinformation about autonomous vehicles. <laughs> there is. I can't make heads or tails of any of it. It's, I mean, I know 
I mean, we had uh, we had Ed Niedermeyer, and he was talking about all of that, and he was saying like the Google cars work great, but they're five hundred thousand dollar yeah, I mean, kind of airships. You know, they need that level of technology, and in, in a way that Tesla just doesn't have. You know, if they're going to sell a reasonably priced car, they can't do it, no. right? And the thing is, you can't buy an autonomous car now. They did a study back in October of last year where they asked people, can you buy an autonomous car? And like 71% of people globally think you can go out and buy an autonomous vehicle. You can't. You can't. And, and that's right. a dangerous thing to think. Yeah. And I know Tesla, I feel like Tesla is a, guilty of this a lot. So we, the most you can get is what's called level two autonomy. And level two autonomy is where it can do a lot of things. But at any given moment, the driver has to be ready to take over because it it will fail without – it will quit being able to do its job without any mm-hmm. failover. So imagine this. And people – you know, when we see videos of people in Teslas sleeping at the wheel reading. There's been wrecks because people – it does enough that it makes people think it's doing everything. But if you hired a chauffeur and that chauffeur said, I'm a great driver 85 percent of the time, but at any moment, I might just forget how to drive. And then I need you to jump in and grab the wheel if you don't mind. Yeah. You would not nap in that car. No. But – that's exactly what people are doing when they nap in a Tesla. And I think the problem isn't technological, really. The problem is human. We, if, if something does 85% of the work that's a kind of boring work on a long highway drive, are you really going to trust yourself to be, like, ready to go right away to take over? You're not. People don't work that way. And I think – it's a real problem because these things, it's called autopilot. They have on the Tesla website, it says full self-driving technology. That's very misleading statements about what these things can actually do. And it ends up with people getting hurt or <laughs> doing stupid things. I've said, um, and for listeners who have not used any of this, these driving technologies, that I find it to be one of the worst things I've ever used because it it I'm not driving and I'm not resting. Yes. I'm in this kind yes. of purgatory. That's exactly right. You're in you have to keep your hands on the wheel and look out the window. Why don't you just damn just drive yeah, the car at I that point? I find it very frustrating. It's a bad and space I don't to use be. it. I drive press cars every week and whenever it's there I, I give it a second to just to see how it works. But I always get the same uneasy purgatory, you know, anxiety. It's like, not a good I'm not, place. I don't know what I'm doing in this. I'm in a gray area. You're I don't exactly know right. What this is, and that's the fundamental problem with all level two technology. Right. Is it's not doing any one thing right. It's like well, I, one I, of the one of the one of the. I won't say who it was, but I used the uh, self parking mode. Oh and yeah. I always said if you can't park your own car, then don't drive. <laughs> yeah. Why? But yeah. I had the kids in the car, and I said, let's try the self parking mode. So it scanned. It scanned for an open spot where parallel parking. Right. It stopped and said, now put the car in reverse, and it promptly drove about 60 miles an hour onto somebody's front <laughs> lawn, right over a curb. It went, bum, 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 and I went, oh, my God. Yeah, we're ready. And the kids laughed. And- it's hilarious. I mean, you know, and then Tesla's, they got the summon thing, you know, the smart Yeah, summon. yeah, yeah. If you had a 3,000-pound remote control car you wanted to play with in a parking lot, yeah. the cops would tell you to get the hell out of the way. That's right. But they're that's effectively what they're doing. They're not ready. I don't know, and it's... You're, the the key takeaway is what you just said. That space is not a good space to be. No, the it's halfway not. between. Yeah, I was in. I um, wouldn't recommend. That. I don't think you need the option in a new car. I well, really it's, don't. it degrades driving skill. Yes, I was in um, Sweden driving Volvo's uh, autonomous vehicle, and I was on a Swedish highway. The car was doing. You know, it's pretty comparable to what the autopilot is. It was doing eighty percent of the work, and I realized I was looking around at stuff around me and not paying attention. I was. It was terrible driving. Terrible. If anything, quit or cut off at that moment, I would have been really hard-pressed right. to grab control of that right. car again. And I don't want to be in that space. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the different manufacturers, it depends on who you have, but sometimes they slalom between the lanes. Yeah, like, I mean... Go back and forth. You're technically staying in the lane. Anyway, yeah. this is Jason Torchinsky. His new book, Robot Take the Wheel, The Road to Autonomous Cars and the Lost Art of Driving. His show's on Jalopnik. you got to check him out. Very interesting, smart guy. Used to write for The Onion, right? I did. I was an idea writer for The Onion. I love it. Uh, You want to stick around and let's talk to Alex Roy? Because he's got a lot to say about autonomous cars. I love Alex. Let's talk to him. When we come back on this very special holiday edition of Spike's Car Radio. I don't even know what holiday. Uh, We will have Alex Roy, who just made a film, uh, Apex, The Secret Race Across America. Oh, yeah. Alex loves that. Did you go? Uh, did you go to the premiere? I haven't seen it yet. No, I didn't get to go to the premiere. That's I the made one. this. I tried to make the secret race down to the premiere. And got, <laughs> got in traffic and turned around. That's we'll tricky. be right back with Spike's Car Radio. 
Hey there, it's the back half of the NFL season already. Can you believe it? Bittersweet moment, unless you're a Patriots fan like me. It gets more exciting this time of year. There's so much great football behind us. But the good news is there's even more football on the horizon. The NFL playoff push, college football playoff, arguments, and soon enough bowl season. If you're looking to add some excitement, make Bet DSI your betting partner. Use Bet DSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games until the final whistle. And guess what? I got a promo code for you. Here it goes. Write it down. Are you ready? Get your pencils out. Spike 101. New members get 100% bonus match using the promo code Spike 101. That's double your money to start winning today. Bet DSI has been paying winners for 20 years, my friends. They're top rated on betting review sites. You can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. And they have the fastest payouts in the industry simply play win and get paid remember when you're signing up use promo code spike 101 and once again it's betdsi.com use promo code spike 101 and get this limited time 100 bonus offer to make some extra cash it's only a game until you bet it at bet dsi you're listening to spikes car radio Welcome back to Mike Scott Radio. We have Alex Roy calling in. We have Jason Torchinsky in the studio. Alex, are you there? Hi, I'm Alex. Right here, guys. How are you? You sound tired. Uh, well, I, uh, I am a little tired. I, I was at the L.A. Uh, Auto Show, and I flew to Miami for an autonomous vehicles conference, and uh, <laughs> I'm, mostly I'm tired of flying. <laughs> we, you know, we were just talking to Jason about his book, An Autonomous Cars. I follow you on Twitter and you're always so funny and angry, but then you got a Tesla. I'm I'm so confused as to where you stand. First of all, on the company Tesla. <laughs> well, what's your uh, take? I, I have on... one, a Model Three. I know, <laughs> but it seemed like for the the year prior to that purchase, you were attacking them. <laughs> it's good to know what you're getting into, though. I respect that. Am, Alex. I, am I wrong about that? Well, to be clear, I love the car. Not a huge fan of the company. I love the spectacle. I hate the BS. Um, wow. I well, mean, but right, let me stop you right there because most people who don't like a company won't buy their product. Uh, how do you then make that decision that I don't like this company, but I'm going to buy what you make? To be fair, well, I drive it, an old Beetle, and they have a pretty checkered <laughs> history with people like me. Ah, but it's just a diesel case. It's just as <laughs> I mean, further back. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. Well, yes, we all have to look past that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Well, I mean, I, listen, I used to own a Citroen SM. Mm. I loved that car, but I hated the ownership of it. So I mean, we can be conflicted in life. It's okay. Look, my Tesla, It's it's been actually perfect. It's been perfect since the day I bought it. And for driving a long distance in a straight line, the autopilot is it's a really good cruise control. I don't know anyone else who makes a better cruise control. But it's not the car I want to drive you know, in the canyons outside Malibu. Right. For that, I've got an old 911. And I think there's actually a valid point about not you know, being ambivalent about Tesla, which I feel like most people don't think you get a right to. Because Tesla seems to be either cult-like Tesla stands who just adore everything, or people who are accused of hating Tesla or mm-hmm. shorting their stock. Right, and right. I think there's a, there's a space in the middle. Like, you can like Tesla. I like, I think the Model 3 is actually a, a really well-designed car. It's but a great car. I, I have all kinds of problems with the way Tesla is run and things they say. And I think it's certainly possible to be somewhere <laughs> in the middle, even though it doesn't seem that common, but it's no. I, I mean, I I'm, I'm right there. I, I feel that way. I mean, yeah. I, I learn a lot about the company from you guys, but at the same time, that car catches my eye every sure. time. It's a packaging Does triumph. A cyber truck catch your eye? <laughs> <laughs> you want to weigh in on that? It is the morning after that debut of that strange vehicle. <laughs> I, that's perfect. That's kind of it right there. You were stunned silent. Part of me. You know, I, I, I want to write an op-ed saying why I love the Cybertruck. <laughs> I mean, it's it, – there's a market for it. It's going to sell in numbers at least as good as, like, the Lamborghini, like, LM2002, what was it called? Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, 002. The, the Rambo right. Lambo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not going to sell to anyone who wants an F-150, but there is – there's. I mean, would you rather have that or, like, the Aston Martin SUV? The Aston Martin SUV. For sure. Yeah, it's yeah, looking, I don't I don't know yeah. what I'm looking at when I look at what it's I a saw very last night. Crude looking thing. Yeah, it looks like we were saying it looks like something like our kids made in shop class. Yeah. You know, uh, it worries it's me. Tough. It it it's an it's, it, yeah, it, 
I don't mind provocative design, and I don't, you know, mind any of it. It just didn't. It just looks odd, and the whole presentation was odd, and it makes me wonder. You know, it, it it's not polished. At the same time, you know, I saw a few of these presentations of new cars uh, this week. And they're boring, you know. So you, at least you True. could give Elon Musk that. Yeah, it's not compliment. like everything else. It wasn't boring. That was not a boring. No, no press conference. I don't think but it's, it's a, a better big truck. Cactus to swallow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell tell me what you like about it. Why you think it's so promising? I don't like anything about it. But I love <laughs> that it, we are. I love that we're talking about it. And he's a great entertainer. <clears> and <throat> you know if. If car torch, I mean, I've read your book. I, I love you for years, Spike. Come on. <laughs> if all we wanted from a vehicle was to get from A to B, Lamborghini would be out of business, Porsche wouldn't exist, sure. Ferrari would be gone. We'd all drive a Prius. Yeah, cars are but not cars rational are things. To, yeah, totally right. agree. And, and that truck is the least <laughs> rational thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah. it's a big win. It's a win. It's a win. Okay. <laughs> for me, it's well, a question mark. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and Torch, what are you saying? What's, mm, I don't. He's not okay. going to weigh in yet. I agree with Alex that having something different is fantastic. I yeah. love seeing the novel. I love that we're talking about it. I love that it's interesting. I don't. That doesn't mean it's good. Look, I got more excited about the Land Rover Defender. Look, that was unveiled the other day. Yeah. That looks like something you can buy and drive, and it has lights on it and sure. mirrors. And yeah. You can trust the company. But looking and, like a Bollinger or a Rivian, those things are hot. Yeah. yeah. I think Bollinger, if also something with zero curves, did a better job of making a truck because it actually looks like something you could use and improves what a truck does. I don't see that <clears throat> yeah. for the Tesla. Bollinger has to be the most no. excited this morning. They have to be <laughs> yeah, the most they excited. They have to be worried. Because they were worried before yesterday yeah. that we thought they're – their car looked like it came out of shop class and wasn't finished. Now they're like, look <laughs> at yeah. us. At least look we at- didn't smash our windows when we started to introduce it. They have yeah. that, too. And what is that? That is so confusing. Dude's a me. showman, man. I still think time. it could be a prank. I still think it could be a prank. I was I was convinced until the moment the feed went dead that they were going to bring out the real truck. Yeah. I actually thought that at some point after they smashed the window that the windows and body cladding would fall off. Yeah, we were the all talking. The vehicle would be underneath. We were expecting them to like lift that crude like polygon body up and there would be the real truck under it. Yeah. Didn't, I want. I will yeah. get to your movie. Don't worry. I want to ask you about oh, what you cool. what you said about Tesla Model Three and and their autopilot is really just cruise control. What what do you mean when you say that? Okay, so from a technical standpoint, there's Tesla has a very good radar cruise control, although many other cars do, and they have a very good lane keeping system which very few cars have. Mm-hmm. So you put them together, and you have what's called autopilot. It's just a marketing name. So if you're driving in a straight line or a fairly straight road for a long distance, their system is the best of its kind. It's a very, very, very good cruise control with lane keeping. And no other company has anything like it except Cadillac with Super Cruise. And the Tesla is usable in more places. Uh, it's a little less safe because it doesn't have a driver monitoring system like Cadillac does. Yeah. So... If you don't want, if you want that type of system, and you want an EV, there is no choice but Tesla today. So wait, and for so, that, so, so um, different, so different. It's I haven't used the Cadillac system, but I keep hearing how good it is. Yeah, but but from let's take Volvo for example. How is it different than Volvo's Pilot? What do they call theirs? Assist. Test, pilot Assist. Yeah, Pilot uh, Assist, right? But which or is that I, right, so. Yeah. Uh, so the Volvo also has radar cruise control. The radar cruise control in a Volvo, I find it to, I mean, it's hard to describe. Um, it's a little more porous, and it's like a softer, weirder system in terms of, you know, braking and acceleration. And also, I think not as good in preventing other vehicles from cutting in front of you. Right. Which is, is, is really, really inconvenient. The big one, and really the two big ones in the Volvo, the lane keeping um, is uh, nowhere near as good as on a Tesla. Uh, but the big one is that when the system in a, in a Volvo, and almost anyone else's car besides Tesla, engages or disengages, it's a two-stage system. So you don't turn it like on or off. There's like an intermediate step where you're not sure. The uh, visual alerts are very small. There are no audible alerts when it engages or disengages. And as a result, they have a thing called mode confusion. One doesn't know what the system is going to do, or even if it's on. And that in a Tesla, you know it's on. Right, and, right. And so 
all of these systems, and I'm all, I always try to be really clear about this, and this is what my, my issue with Tesla, these systems are only as good as the driver's understanding of them. If you're a great driver and you pay attention, you're going to love these systems. They're going to be they're going to make you safer. But if you're not a good driver and you think you know these systems, you're going to be less safe. And I think that's, that's the that's, issue that's, with Tesla because I think there's some deliberate obfuscation on Tesla's part as to what this does and is capable of. If you look in their website and their marketing, I don't think it's entirely clear. Yeah, there's definitely I just definitely lack of clarity. I mean, I think the big problem, I mean, they're pretty clear about what autopilot does, although the word itself is very loaded. Yeah. I think Tesla's biggest problem here, and it's pretty deliberate, is that they throw the word self-driving and oh, full yeah. self-driving around. <clears throat> yeah, it's on the website, full self-driving. This, yeah, yeah, you this, guys, you have to understand. game they're playing the, bullshit. These people, right. The, most people don't understand cars on any level. Everybody I know who has a Tesla is like a studio executive. And they're like, yeah, I can turn this on and it will drive me to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the message has trickled down to them. Yep. So when, I, when you use it, Alec, you're, are you touching the wheel every 12 seconds? How does it work for you? Or are you sitting back but right. paying attention? <laughs> what do you do? What are you doing exactly? All right, so I'm doing almost uh, 500 miles a week on autopilot, New York to Pittsburgh, and I keep both hands on the wheel the entire time. Yeah. Uh, That's what you're I mean, supposed they, to do. At, at one point, yeah, at one point when the cars first came out, it was possible to, to take your hands off for as long as 15 or 20 minutes, wow. and, and even longer. And then it was quite easy to put a bottle or you know fruit in the wheel. People actually and then you sold could go for 30, stuff. 30, 40 minutes. You ever seen the the autopilot buddy? It was like a special weight designed to sit in the wheel, and people were hunt, shoving oranges in there too, which also worked. So that guy should be in jail. I mean, that, the guys behind that—that's crazy. I agree. Uh, but yeah, yeah. today, with the with the auto, you know, over over there updates, they've you know they've evolved the system to the point where you have, I think, on my car, you can take your hand off for I think you have 18 second interval and then it gets shorter and shorter so it's pretty it's much harder today to abuse the system than before but the thing Tesla's missing and and this is going to become mandatory in Europe and eventually in the United States is a camera based driver monitoring system if mm -hmm. they had like that GM. Yeah. It, the system would be amazing yeah and that's what GM has so GM has a camera facing the driver watching watching you, you. which right. also means they have Many hours of footage of drivers doing nose picking and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean that's something Ed Niedermeyer well, brought yes up with no. like, the, the privacy <laughs> policy of Tesla was he was concerned with like what would Tesla do with that audio and video aside from all the GPS information. I mean, they could defend themselves in court if things happen. <laughs> like if there's a wreck and they have video of you clearly not paying attention, I think of course but they're going to use that. Why do we want a camera in our face? You know what I mean? Maybe then well, I wouldn't have left my know, hair the way it is for so long. A camera in the Model 3, but it's not used for driver monitoring. It's sitting over the rearview mirror to, to monitor the cabin. We don't know what if it's recording today. We just don't know. It could be. Well, do you have any be. idea what kind of view that thing's getting? Have you ever seen footage from it? Like, what is it seeing? I have it. It's a it's a wide angle camera though. Yeah. Every, and you, you can you know wow. our friend Bozy I think had uh, pulled out one from one of these cars and looked at it. Um, mm. So you know, so your so why. And I'm just trying, again, just looking from the outside in. Why do you even want any of this stuff? If you're saying to me you put your hands on the wheel, what are you doing with that time that you weren't doing before? Podcasting. Just... <laughs> yeah. Listen to your podcast. I'm not podcasting from the car, but, you know. I, I do, I you understand so what I'm saying, though? Because to me, of all course. it sounds like is you're not using your, your feet. <laughs> Feet-free driving, right? You can put the so you, flat. You, I mean, you of all people, I mean, I guess, how much time do you spend in traffic in, in the L.A. area? Uh, quite a bit. But, again, if I'm okay, disengaged from it, I, I understand that. So you're saying, like, the stop and the go, you can kind of just relax a little more and not pay as close yeah. attention. I'm just saying, what benefit do you get personally from this? Uh, I, my stress levels are much lower. Um, I, I can take calls, listen to things, you know, and enjoy them a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the conditions are optimal, it is safer. Uh, but these people who are using the system in, you know, <laughs> winding roads without divided, you know, dividers right, between, right. like, the direction of the traffic are, are idiots. And, and Tesla should, should limit that. Right. Uh, but there's no doubt that if you drive a long distance um, using it and in, in the right conditions – 
it, it's great. It really reduces your fatigue and stress. You know, I get to the other end of a trip, and I can I still want to go do something instead of just go to bed. Right, that makes sense. I mean, I guess if I think about all the t- if I get in an old Mercedes diesel and I know I can't keep up with traffic, sometimes I feel very relaxed. Because I know the I don't have to off. race. Yeah, the pressure's off. Every drive is, around. for me is like that. And then I'm, if I'm in this adaptive cruise control that you're talking about, it's yeah. I don't really have to try. I don't have to cut anybody off. If anybody jumps in front, who cares? Right? But then you're still in... I mean, who still... doesn't want that? I mean, I love driving. So I hate traffic. Who doesn't yeah. want that? Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, good. Good. Let's talk about the new movie, Apex, The Secret Race Across America. How was the premiere? Everybody in the world, the automotive world, was there. Including, as you pointed well, out, like all of the Porsche people. <laughs> I got invited to a Porsche dinner in my neighborhood, which I went to, and everybody was at your thing. <laughs> so congratulations for that. <laughs> Tell us about the Thanks. movie. Uh, it is the first and maybe the last documentary of its kind about the you know true history of the Cannonball Run and the successor race, which was called the U.S. Express. Okay. So uh, we we have this footage from the 70s and 80s, which had never been seen, and it's combined with footage of the drive that David Maher and I made cross-country in 2006. So wait, just set and, up for the uh, audience, that because I don't think they fully understand what you just said, that there is a real <laughs> cannonball run that happens that's been going on since, what, 79 or so? 71. Actually, 1915. 1915 was the first cannonball yeah. run? Explain. There was, there was a guy named Erwin Baker. His nickname was Cannonball. He got hired by Cadillac and Stutz and Gardner <laughs> to drive cars cross-country and demonstrate that internal combustion polluted less than horses and trains, that uh, it was reliable and safer than other forms of travel. And he did this every year for like 20 years. And then in 71... Brock Yates, one of the editors of Car and Driver, decided to name this illegal race after him. And oh. that's when the cannonball run as we yeah. know it was started. <clears throat> wow. Uh, now, you, you use the term illegal race. Is it still <laughs> an illegal race? I mean, you know, we, I think we all think of Burt Reynolds and racing across. Dom DeLuise. Right, Dom yeah. DeLuise and trying not to get stopped by the Smokies. And, mm-hmm. You know, what, what exactly was this race in the 70s and how has it evolved to, until now? So from 1971 to 1979, groups of cars, between 10 and 40 or 50 cars, would go across from New York City to uh, California, L.A. or Redondo Beach, as fast as they could. So (laughs) totally illegal. Um, And uh, there was a fender bender in 79. But other than that, there were... You know, just a few tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the film rights were sold, the movie came out, um, and it really wasn't possible to do, do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. or so everyone thought. Uh, in 1980, uh, uh, several cannibal veterans decided that the actual cannibal had too much attention and they should take it underground again. <laughs> and so this race called the U.S. Express began, and there was 10 cars, and they drove a lot faster than the cannonballers, and they didn't tell anybody. It was completely secret, and it ran uh, through 1983. What kind of speeds were they hitting? where what? our movie really picks up. He's saying they drove... Like what? What was the uh, like? What was the like in the eighties era races, the U.S. Express races? What were the times that they were doing for a coast to coast race? Like how how quickly so, could they do it? On the last Cannonball in '79, the record was thirty two hours and fifty one minutes. So. And on the final U.S. Express, it was thirty two hours and seven minutes. Hmm. Everybody on the Express dreamed of doing it in thirty hours, but in the final race, uh, somebody leaked the list of drivers to the authorities, and they were all pulled over in a huge group. And the police said, look, you, know, you do this again, and everyone's going to prison before the next race even starts. <laughs> and that was the end of those races, <clears throat> again, or wow. so we thought. Mm-hmm. So, in 2006, when I learned of this, I went across with my friend David Maher and a filmmaker named Corey Wells and to determine if it was possible to break that time. And we did break it. And that's part of the movie. That's 31 uh, hours today, and four minutes, right? Yes, 31 hours and four BMW minutes. Your BMW M5. Uh, <laughs> correct. Today, uh, in, I, I, I guess partially inspired by the fact that I did it, uh, two more races emerged. Um, one of them is called the C2C Express. The other was called the 2904. And these are kind of a combination of Cannonball and like the 24 Hours of Lemons, mm. where the cars would go across, but they had to be built like before 1980 and be under like $3,000. Uh, and those races, um, their times uh, approached my time. 
and in very old cars, which is almost incredible. It's shocking to me. So that's uh, the modern era, uh, I think, ended last year when the last C2C Express took place, and they shut it down because the cars, even the vintage cars, were crossing the country too fast, and the organizers felt they should kind of bring it to an end. Wow. So Apex, the film, covers your run, right? I know it starts with run, you in the car breaking down. <laughs> yeah, what what do you want to tell, tell the listeners about without ruining the ending? What do you want to tell them? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I Spoiler the ending alert, is kind of well known. Uh, several people have since gone across even faster than I did. Wow. But, you know, I'm, I guess I'm really, I was always really inspired by uh, Roger Bannister. He was the first guy to break the four-minute mile, the runner, back in the 50s. People said no one would ever break a four-minute mile. And people tried for, you know, for a long time. And then he did. And, and after he did more people broke it, and ever the world was shocked. But today it's fairly common. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that because of connectivity and surveillance and the modern world we live in, um, this era, I don't think it's going to end, but I don't <laughs> think anyone else is going to ever make a movie like this again because to get a spotter plane and bring camera crews yeah. and then wait 10 years or more to release it <laughs> so, to avoid criminal prosecution. <clears throat> I'm really proud to say that I did it. I wouldn't do it again. Um, I was told by a friend of mine who works in, uh, for the government uh, that someday if human driving is banned, that this movie will be uh, public evidence number one. <laughs> wow. And you, how did you get yeah. Ice-T to do the narration for it? Uh, because uh, my, uh, I, our mutual friend J.F. Musial, uh, the director, one, mm -hmm. of the, uh, one of the directors of the film, changed his tire in 2005 <laughs> on a rally. Wow. And uh, a, a guy named... <laughs> well, when he was finished, he said, if you ever need someone to narrate a movie in the future, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that's not the connection. <laughs> he just, so he had developed a relationship after changing the tire and reached out to him? I still think tire changing. I mean, that's 14 years ago. Quiet about it. <laughs> what? Uh, well, you know, I think you remember. I don't think a lot of people. You break down into Bagani or McLaren. How many people want to stop to help? Not so many. Right. Well, right. Maybe. Maybe it depends where you are. Uh, but you know, Ice T's a nice guy, and, and JF he can be nice. And uh, oh. I was really lucky that 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 uh, happened. Well, that's amazing. Well, the film is called Apex: The Secret Race Across America. You guys got to check it out. It debuted on uh, NBC SN where there's a lot of Drive content. You're listening to Alex Roy, editor-at-large at The Drive, and the filmmaker and star. Are you the filmmaker or just the star of this film? Is J.F. Musial? I'm, I'm one of the stars, one of the filmmakers. It was a team effort, I like, I like to be fair. And if you guys uh, want to check it out, which you definitely do, thank you, by the way, for that secret code so I could watch it. Uh, you got to go to <laughs> iTunes, right? It's on iTunes. We can, we yeah. can watch it on our uh, big it Apple TVs now. It's going to be in iTunes on December 21st. December 21st. Perfect. Well, when you're back in town, you got to come in and chat with us. I want to talk more about uh, these autonomous cars that don't exist. <laughs> I'd love to help. And what, what are you doing in Miami? Uh, I'm actually at an autonomous vehicles conference oh. <laughs> where I explained to several state senators and safety officials uh, how we got away with the cannonball run record. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you it's telling? What, what are you telling the senators about autonomous driving? Like it, that it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, I actually am quite confident that it will in mm -hmm. limited areas. Um, but that, like anything, um, you know, over promising and under under delivering is the death of almost anything. Did you, were you the guy, and I, I, I don't know if it was you, but someone was talking about like an air traffic control system as being possibly the most successful system in that all the cars would be talking to each other on the road and know where each other was. That's, that's kind of the plan for all of this. They want to do vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication. Right. And, and even GM in the 50s made uh, like a, a instructional film or like a promo film where they described a system a lot like that, where there were like spotter towers right. controlling the cars. So th that concept has been around a while. Have you ever seen that film, Alex? With the Firebird? Yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if um, if we can't keep potholes filled in reliably, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm not too optimistic about, like, a city or nationwide infrastructure <laughs> that makes those things work. Uh, you know, so um, who is going to succeed? I believe... Just tell us who you, who you think will get it right first. We won't hold you to it. Just uh, well, what's you your know, guess? <laughs> Google Waymo? It's Waymos? a hard question to answer because... I work for one of the companies work, you know, that are developing these. Who's that? Um, there are going to be several winners, and it, 
and it's going to be based on where they deploy and whether people want to get in them. So if you're a company and you're building an autonomous bus and another guy builds an autonomous, you know, two-person mover, well, it depends, you know, if you put the bus in the wrong city, no one gets on, you're going to lose after billions invested. Mm-hmm. So the right vehicle in the right area and, you know, in, with the right customers, it's going to work. I think uh, unmanned delivery will be That's why a lot of companies are in too. Florida. Mm-hmm. And and that could be anyone. It could even be any of these uh, our car manufacturers that pull it off. Yes or no? I mean, look, you know, there's, there's some guys here in Florida that only deploy them in retirement communities. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Waymo's in Phoenix. Um, you know, the weather's pretty good. Makes sense. Uh, and plus, Ford, if an you know, old guy dies, Miami, gets sense. run over, are we really crying? I drove. Is in that what you're saying? Some in Boston that were the same thing. It was like a basically like assisted living community. But those places are great because you know what goes on them. Nobody minds driving super slow. Well, what happens in, in in like you know wintery, weathery places? With autonomous driving, like it, like the seven the inches of, of snow today, on the ground, huh? The state of the art today is not going to not going to work in in, in no. winter. But look, yeah, what is the all. goal here? For me, my goal. How do I get my job doing this? Because I believe private ownership and human operated cars are going to last forever. Not everywhere, but they are going to last. But I also believe that I will uh, that people like me in the future will be willing to pay to have a Porsche 911 or a Mustang or whatever that has an autonomous mode as an option. Mm-hmm. And so For sure. what I, my dream car is a sports car that won't let me crash, that I own, and I can take my hands off the wheel when I choose. Mm-hmm. To get I there, we've got to take some steps. And that's going to start with getting rid of traffic in cities by having autonomous vehicles that work better than human drivers in cities. Because that's where the business is, I believe. Alex Roy. There he is. Good to talk to you, Alex. This has been fun, you guys. This is a different kind Thanks. of show for us. Thank you for uh, calling in, Alex. We'll say goodbye to you. Interesting guy, huh? He really is. Really smart. You guys, you all you guys, you're really bright guys. Mm. How did you find the car business? I don't know, because we're not bright <laughs> enough for anything else, I think. <laughs> what do you want to promote before we go? Well, I'll promote book, of course. I, the robot take the wheel. I think in some states it might be required that you buy one, so just you know, check your local laws. Maybe just to be safe, just buy several copies of the book. Uh, I really tried to make something engaging and fun to read. It tells you about autonomous cars and the value of human driving. Get that. And of course, jalopnik.com. We crank out every single day. We're cranking out posts like every 15 minutes or whatever. So please read them. Watch our videos. And, and where can fans chit-chat with you? What do you prefer? Um, Twitter's a good place to find me. And I try to respond. Like you can – if you say something to me and you want to hear back, I do my best to try to talk to people because <clears throat> yeah, I you like that. Talk him into keeping his hair or losing it. That's what you need <laughs> yeah, to do let me know right what, now. <laughs> and I like, uh, I like that Instagram app. You can follow me there and you can message me there and I check everything. Even if you're not uh, – if we're not friends, I'll accept you. I'll talk to you <laughs> as long as you don't threaten me with death or dismemberment. You're a magnanimous man. <laughs> <laughs> And, and lecture me about what's wrong with gas engines and that I'm part of the problem because I like gasoline in my engine. That's it's, right. Please. You're a monster. I like everything. I love you all. Happy holidays. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. All right. Guess what? There's a new podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Welcome to the family, Mike Tyson. I wonder if he's going to bring that tiger from The Hangover. Listen, as Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet, pours his soul into conversations with fascinating minds, celebrities, and athletes, along with his cosmic millennial sidekick and former NFLer, Eden Britton. Kid Dynamite dives deep into the issues impacting all of us. The podcast will change the way you see the world. Don't miss Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers.